The scripture reading this morning is from the first chapter of Luke, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Can you believe it? Uh, next Sunday will be Christmas. Now, it feels like to me that we should have another full week in between. Do you all agree with that? I mean, it feels like we should have a little bit more time. Uh, Christmas has just come upon us very quickly. In a church that I served a few years back, uh, on the third Sunday of Advent, we would have our traditional no-rehearsal Christmas pageant. And what would happen was this. Either the children would come as the, dressed up as the character of their choice for the nativity, or when they arrived at the church, they would select a costume of the character they wanted to be. And then, during the midst of the service of worship, someone would read the Christmas story out of Luke chapter 2, and then the children would be sent forward when it was the appropriate time for them to come up to the nativity scene. Now, because the children were able to choose which character they wanted to be, we had interesting multiples of the various characters. Now, I have a question for you. Who do you think was the most popular character among the girls in that church? Mary? Mary was the most popular. It wasn't unusual to have eight or nine or ten Marys coming down the aisle holding their little baby dolls as baby Jesus. It was always a beautiful and wonderful experience. Well, as you know, Mary is one of the main, if not the main character besides Jesus, in the Christmas story. Her experience, her part, are integral in what takes place at that first Christmas. And so this morning, I want to invite you to join me for a few moments in looking at Mary, experiencing her story, and see how her story may speak to us today. Mary. 
One of the most uh, powerful prayers of Scripture, sometimes we call it a song or a hymn, is a prayer that was prayed by Mary, which is found a little later on in the first chapter of Luke. It's often referred to as the Magnificat. And this is the way it begins. It says this, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, because he has looked with favor upon the lowliness of his servant. This was a prayer that was prayed by Mary. And it begins, and as it would continue, it becomes this great act of praise for God. Mary gives glory to God for what God is doing and has done in her life. But in the midst of this song, hymn, prayer of praise, Mary refers to herself as a lowly servant. Mary thought of herself as one who uh, was not glamorous. She didn't think of herself as a person who was on the popular side. She didn't think of herself as being someone that was above others, but she thought of herself as lowly, lowly. It probably surprised her that she was the one that was chosen by God for this special mission. She felt herself to be lowly, lowly. It's interesting as the gospel writer here in Luke, or his name is actually Luke, as he begins telling Mary's story, he also tells the story of her lowly existence. He tells us, right as he opens up with the story of Mary, that she was from the town of Nazareth. Now, Nazareth is a, is a small community located in the northwest portion of what we know as modern Israel. And it really was an insignificant place. It was a part of the region of Galilee, and Galilee didn't have much significance either for the Romans or for the, the Jews. Uh, it, it was basically considered just to be a, just an everyday, ordinary place without much significance. Galilee, its largest city, was the Decapolis, which was basically a collection of ten communities that, that formed this supposed city. Uh, it had really little significance in the Roman Empire. It wasn't strategically that significant for them as well. It, it was just a place that kind of existed. It was just kind of there. And then Nazareth was this small town that sat on a, a little hillside that overlooked a fertile farming valley. And if you were going to go to Nazareth, you had to be going there. You didn't just happen to pass through the community because it was separated from the main road. It was a small, insignificant town. I'm curious, how many of you all grew up or were born and were raised in a small, insignificant town? How many, how many people? Raise, raise your hands. Raise your hands. All right. Probably about a third, maybe... A, Close to half of our congregation came from small, insignificant towns. I came from one of those such towns. At least I went to school. I didn't even live in town. I lived outside of town, but I went to school in a town. It was called Gate City. If you, uh, uh, you probably don't know where it is because you'd have to be passing through there to get there or have to know somebody to, to, to be significant. Gate City was a one red light town when I grew up. And when you got into Gate City, you either had to turn to the right or the left. And if you turned to the right, you weren't going anywhere. If you turned to the left, you weren't going anywhere. I mean, it was an insignificant town. And Mary, God's lowly servant, had 
no glamour about her, nothing that would draw her fame from a very insignificant place. And on top of everything else, she was a young girl, basically. She may have been as young as 13, maybe as old as 16 or 17. She hadn't lived life long enough to have any, any status or, or, or place in her community. Uh, you know, as a teenager, she probably was maybe known by a few people, probably her immediate family. But there was really nothing about Mary that would draw attention to this woman. And yet today, she, we do shine the spotlight on Mary during the Christmas story. And yet it was Mary that God chose this insignificant, lowly peasant from an insignificant place. God chose her to be the mother of the most special child ever to be born. Now, I really think that God must have a weird sense of humor, all right? I really think God must have a weird sense of humor. Think about this. In terms of parenting children, particularly firstborn children, in an ideal situation you have a, 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 a husband and a wife who come together, hopefully in a good healthy marriage, a, a, a child is conceived, the mama gives birth to that child, and here then they bring this child home from the hospital, they're inexperienced, they have little clue what they're supposed to do, the child isn't sent home with a manual or anything else, and God entrusts that couple with a baby. It's an absolute miracle that any firstborn child ever survives to adulthood. Amen? Amen. I mean, it is a miracle. Well, Jacqueline, you know, you were number 15, and so your parents had it down by the time you came along. But think about the oldest in your crew. My goodness. And so God chose Mary to be the one, to be the mother of Jesus. An ordinary young woman, no notoriety status, hardly seemed to be a good candidate for this divine mission, yet God chose her. Mary's status reminds me of the words of Paul when he wrote this to the church at Corinth. He said, consider your own call. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful. Not many of you of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. Think of this. God chooses ordinary and sometimes subordinary people to accomplish His divine plan. And I suspect that God has chosen you to be a part of his divine plan of what he's doing and will do in the world around us. Ordinary people just like you and just like me to make a big difference in this world. God sent one of his special agents, a special messenger by the name of Gabriel. We have very few angels in the Bible named, by the way. There's legends about other angels, but we have very few. But Gabriel it happens to be one of the angels that is named. And God sent Gabriel to Mary to deliver this message. 
So Gabriel ends up in Nazareth where Mary is living. He finds Mary and then he says this to Mary, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Now, I don't know about you, but to my knowledge, I've never had a, an angel sighting or appearance. Now, maybe if I had and I was completely unaware of it, I don't know. I, maybe some of you have had some kind of angelic experience. But I know if I were to be encountered an angel, I knew that that, that creature was an angel, I probably would be pretty frightened by that. Because angels just don't normally just show up on our doorstep, do they? And Mary was startled by this appearance of Gabriel. And so probably the words that he spoke hardly registered in her mind. You know, when you're kind of frightened how it's hard really to process things. Or, you know, we have different parts of the brain that begins to work when we're afraid and such. And, and, and probably it was pretty hard for her to process these words. But, but just think of the words that the angel spoke. He said, greetings, favored one. Lowly? Mary would think, Yes. I'm not very significant, but favored one? But favored one? These words began to roll around in her life. Well, maybe you have sensed some kind of calling in your life. Maybe it was a calling to lead some kind of ministry. Maybe it was a calling to be a pastor. Maybe it was serving a particular group of people. Maybe it was using your gifts in some way to make a difference in other people's life. And maybe when you sensed or felt that calling, you, like Mary, wondered about this idea of God calling you. Is it possible that you could be a favored one by God? Is that possible? Like Mary, I was called into a special ministry when I was yet a teenager. I was 17 years old when I sensed a call to become a pastor. I was from an insignificant place, from an insignificant family, and yet God called me. And now even after 46 years of pastoral ministry, I wonder more today why God called me than I did as a 17-year-old. You know, often God calls people that we look at those folks and we think, why would God call her? Why would God call him? But God calls, and in that call, God bestows God's favor. Gabriel shared with Mary what she was to be. She was to be this mother of this special child who would rule over a kingdom that would be eternal. Now, I don't know if Mary had a clue what Gabriel was talking about, but just the language alone would have excited Mary. Now, when God calls, it's important to understand what God calls us to do and, it's not, and to also understand what He's not calling us to do. 
So what was Mary called to do? What was she not called to do? Mary was not called to be the queen of heaven. Mary was not called to be a ruler over this kingdom. Mary was called to be the mother, a supportive role. She was called to be the mother of the one who would rule over this eternal kingdom. Hers would be more of a supportive role. Ruling? No, that was for her son. She was called to be the mother of Jesus. In God's calling in our lives... There are really few who will stand in the spotlight. That's not what God calls most to do. There are few who are called and lead wow ministries. You know, it's the ones that make the headline kind of ministry. It's ones that a lot of people are drawn to. Great things happen and recorded. Do you realize that the vast majority of pastors serve small Congregations, women and men of God, countless people serve God and answer a call and are hardly known for what they do because some rock babies in a nursery and leave a fingerprint on that child that lasts for eternity. There are some who pick up food at a grocery store that's kind of leftover stuff and take it to a food pantry to feed people who are hungry. There are some who stand at a door and open the door with a smile on their face and they greet folks and they give them a welcome in the name of Jesus. Whatever God calls us to do, understand it is important. It may seem like just a little matter, but sometimes those little matters make all the difference in the world in God accomplishing God's plan in the world. The angel Gabriel said to Mary, Mary, you're going to be a mother and you're going to have a baby boy and that boy is going to be a king. Mary's mind began to work because she began to realize that what the angel said from her perspective in her situation in that moment at that time was not possible. She said to the angel, how can this be? I have never been with a guy sexually. I can't be a mom. She understood the virgin to be. She understood how things work in this world. Mary's question is something we need to understand. Not the particular question that she asked, but the fact that she asked the question. Because, see, oftentimes God will move in our lives, nudge us to do this or to do that, some kind of task, some, maybe even a lifelong vocation, and we begin to analyze what God wants us to do, and we think, I, I, I can't do that. I don't have the skill. I don't have the ability. I don't have the resources. I don't have the time. I've got things going on in my life that I, 
I don't know that I can rearrange them to do this, God. Mary had the courage to talk to the angel, in essence, talking to God about what she lacked. When God calls you to do something, whether it's small or whether it's huge, and you begin to realize that there are obstacles in your way, it's time to talk with God about that. And that questioning or that talking with God isn't a matter of of you balking about what God's calling you to do, but it's helping you to see what God is about. Because the angel Gabriel told Mary, Mary, what's about ready to happen to you is going to be a divine thing. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. You're going to have a conception unlike any other kind of conception ever before. It's going to be a divine miracle. God is going to do it. Understand this. When God calls you or God calls me to do anything, God's already got the resources in mind and wants to give them to us to accomplish His plan. Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you'll conceive. Everything is possible with God. What's God about in your life? Is God at work transforming you, remaking and remolding you? Nothing's impossible with God. What's God calling you? What's God wanting you to do? Whether small or huge, nothing is impossible with God. Mary had a posture that I believe is a critical posture for all of us to have when it comes to God's calling. She said, Here I am. Be it as you say. Are you willing to say that to God? Is that your posture? If so, get ready because God is going to do great things in and through you and help to accomplish His plan through your life. Let's pray. Father, today we give you thanks for Mary, the mother of Jesus. Lord, we hardly know why you chose this young woman for this great, enormous task. We're so grateful that she was willing. And she said, here I am. Lord, I pray now that you would move in all of our hearts, that that would be our reply to you, that here I am. Do with me as you want and as you desire. And Father, we make this prayer in the blessed name of your Son, Jesus the Christ. Amen.